Welcome to the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jenna Barr. This show is presented by Dr. Ben McMillan of the Neal Clinic, who's responsible for information and opinions expressed during the show. Wow! I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. So good. So good. I got a year. All right. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning. Thank happy you for Friday. having me on again this morning. Yeah, happy Friday. I'm always in a good mood coming here on Fridays. My name is Dr. Ben McMillan. I'm a chiropractor. The reason I am here this morning is to talk about your pain and how your chiropractor can help you. So if you've got a question this morning that you want an answer to, send Jenna and I a text message and I'll answer your question live on the air this morning. Jenna, what's the what's the number that they send those into? 850-437-1620. Yeah, please. Uh, again, if you're riding around, wait till you get stopped and, uh, and send us a, a message. I'd love to answer some of those this week because that's that's really the reason why I'm here to educate our listeners about their health care. Uh, and, you know, as it turns out, that's that's actually pretty important. Being educated about whatever your specific condition is, is a really important part to better health and recovery. There have been tons of research studies that have shown that clinical outcomes are actually better if the patient has this one-on-one educational information delivered to them. And, and that's as part of their treatment. Like you have to incorporate patient education and they found in these studies they'll do the same treatment and if they do the same treatment and do some patient education to one patient don't do it to the other the patient that has the education advice given to them has a better outcome i mean that's that's amazing to me think about that for a second the fact that i can perform the exact same treatment to two people with the exact same condition but if i sit down and go over with one patient what their condition is how it's going to react in different situations, how the treatments and therapies are going to help them, I'm going to get better results from that conversation for that patient than if all I did was just treat them like I did that other patient. And, you know, I didn't discuss anything with the other guy. I'm going to have a better result after just having a conversation. That's crazy to me. I, I really didn't even believe it at first. But it's not just one study. There have been tons of these things, and every single one that I've read always comes to the same conclusion. Patient education produces better patient outcomes. I mean, and look, I'm in the business of getting people better. I mean, that's that's why my clinic is open, because we get people better. So this was a, a no-brainer for me. I'm always looking to improve what I can offer my patients to get them feeling better faster And that's why at my clinic, during your consultation, you and I sit down and we're going to go over what your specific problems are and if it's a case that I think I'll be able to help with. If it is, we'll spend some time in our consultation room discussing your treatment plan, what the other options are, uh, you know, and alternatives to chiropractic care. Because making sure that you're making the most informed decision about your health care, it's really important to me. And as it turns out, you know, that's actually good for you too, because again, that's going to make your outcome even better. And if your case is not a chiropractic case, I'm going to send you to the right type of doctor that you need to see, because again, not every case is a chiropractic case. 
there's plenty of causes for low back pain that a chiropractor not going to be able to help you with. I mean, all you have to do is Google back pain and you'll get a million results as to what could possibly be causing this. But if your case is a chiropractic case, there's no other type of doctor that will be able to help you. If your joints are misaligned and they're causing pain, there's no magic pill. There's no fancy massager that you just got are going to get for Christmas this year. That's going to fix the source of your problem. That's why if you're having pain, don't just keep kicking the can down the road and covering it up. Call your chiropractor and let's fix the source of your problem. All right. So let's get into this week's topics. Uh, so first of all, this is a bit of a weird one, Jenna. Have you ever heard anybody telling you that their joints hurt like right before it rains or maybe when a storm's coming in? Have you ever heard about that? Oh yeah. I've never had it happen to me, but yeah, I've heard it before. I, yeah, it hasn't happened to me either. And I really, truthfully, I didn't really even think it was a real thing. Honestly, I remember, uh, growing up, my grandmother would tell me that her back would ache and that that meant it was going to rain. And I was like, you know, as a younger kid, I thought it was magic. I was like, well, you know, my grandma can predict the weather. Right. That's I awesome. thought it was a, a really interesting, like superpower or something she had. Then as I got older, I thought, you know, maybe she was just watching the weather channel and, and trying to trick me or something. But, uh, now as a chiropractor, I found that this is much more common than I initially thought. And what they did, they studied this stuff and it's actually a, a real thing that people do experience uh, quite a lot of people actually there's conditions like arthritis um, you can have a, a spinal disc problem and some types of headaches these are patients that may notice changes in their symptoms as the weather systems change and much to my disappointment as it turns out it was not really magic that was uh, letting my grandma know that it was about to rain What's happening to people like my grandmother is that her joint capsules and tissues are reacting to something called the barometric pressure or, or atmospheric pressure. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of examples because sometimes getting a little too in the weeds with this, this human anatomy stuff confuses people. So let's imagine a balloon. Everybody's seen these, you know, just a normal balloon filled with helium kind of floating in the air right next to you. As this storm system approaches, that barometric pressure decreases it drops so the pressure that's pressing in on the balloon also decreases right that's what that's what happens and so the balloon is going to expand a little bit because now all the pressure that was keeping that balloon at the size it was has decreased so it allows it to expand a little bit more our joints experience the same thing and if all the room around your joints is taken up by arthritis or you've got maybe a disc that's pressing on a nerve root and the swelling of those joint capsules is now painful. And that disc that was pressing on that nerve root, well, now it's pressing even more. So, you know, this is another one of those uh, old wives tales that my, my grandma was telling me about. Turns out she was right. It wasn't magic or a superpower, just kind of this natural phenomenon that we see with these storm systems coming through. Another weird kind of weather-related question uh, is it? Cold weather can sometimes irritate our joints. Uh, typically, the smaller our hands, knees, those are a big one to, to really be irritated by some of the colder weather. Um, they can feel a little stiff. Think of kind of that, that leftover Thanksgiving gravy that you had. It was out on the table. It was hot. It was really kind of viscous, really runny. 
Uh, then you put it in the refrigerator, and after a couple days of those leftovers, now that gravy thickens up. The similar thing can happen in the joints with some of the fluids in there. They get a little thicker. It takes a little bit longer to get those hands moving and warm. So what can you do to kind of mitigate these effects? You know, how can your chiropractor help? Um, this may come as a surprise to some of you, but I'm not able to change the weather, right? I'm not going to be able to change that barometric pressure. I can't change it from a really, really cold day or we'd be living in 65 degrees and sunny all year round if it was up to me. But what can help is to keep those small joints like the hands, the knees, the feet, keep them covered as that temperature drops. Get some gloves. That's going to help. If you're used to kind of going for those outdoor walks, make sure you're kind of warming up a little bit inside before you go out. When it gets really cold, stay indoors and do indoor activities or workouts. There's a ton of those things on YouTube. You can find a really, really good at-home workouts instead of going out and kind of walking around the neighborhood. Go to the mall. Go somewhere indoors to get some of that exercise. But don't just skip the workouts altogether because it's cold out. Uh, the most important piece of this puzzle, though, is to keep the joints moving and functioning, functioning well all year round. And that's where your chiropractor does come in. The dysfunctional joints are going to be irritated even more with these weather changes. And again, there's no magic pill that's going to realign those joints for you. That's what your chiropractor's for. And the activator method of adjusting that I use at the Neal Clinic, it allows me to be gentle enough to work on my grandmother's joints and also powerful enough to work with uh, my patients that are bodybuilders and triathletes. I mean, we're able to vary the pressure to the exact patient I'm working with, which is why I love that activator method so much. So if you or one of your loved ones are a, you know, one of those human barometers and they're predicting the weather because of their joint pain, give me a call at 850-479-2700 and let's see if we can't help them so they're not having that point pain every time these storms roll through. We had a couple uh, questions come in. Is that study just for chiropractic care or for all medicine? I assume they're talking about patient education. Um, so I specifically have been looking up ones about lower back pain. Uh, I would imagine that has to do with most types of medicine though, um, physical medicine almost especially. But I would, uh, I'd be willing to bet that a lot of these patient education studies could go to all types. That's why they do those placebo uh, studies. That's why sometimes they're giving people a sugar pill and they're saying, hey, this is going to help you feel better. And people feel better after taking these pills with nothing in them. Um, I'll look into that and, and see if there's any studies as far as uh, what all uh, kinds of conditions these, these patient education uh, studies show. I, I think it's important though. I mean, I really do ask your doctor questions about this stuff, get all the information you can. I love it when patients come in and say, Hey, I think I have this because I looked it up. I was curious about this treatment method versus this. Like, let's talk about it again. The more information you have and the more comfortable you are with your healthcare and your treatment plan, the better results we're going to have. I mean, again, it's, that's not my opinion. That's what these studies show over and over again. These are big things. They're doing these uh, meta-analysis, which is kind of the, the top-level studies for these kinds of things. I've got another question about scoliosis. So it says, I developed scoliosis uh, nine years ago. Can you do anything to help? Um, yes, I'd be curious to know the age of this patient. Um, typically, they don't just develop. Uh, normally, there's something that happens. Or maybe they had scoliosis the whole time and just were recently diagnosed with it. 
again, we got into scoliosis a little bit, uh, maybe last week, maybe two weeks ago now. Um, again, curvature of the spine can be rotational, can be that lateral curvature that we're all really familiar with. But what that does is it's going to put more stress on wherever that curve is. You're going to have at the top, bottom, and kind of middle, the, the joints are not moving the way that they should. Again, that's just the nature of this condition. But yes, chiropractic care is a, a huge help for these guys. You're kind of in that category of lifelong chiropractic patient just because of the nature of this. Uh, I hope you're doing some sort of exercises. Um, again, it's going to depend on a couple things. How big is your curve? Where exactly is it? Is it something that's a degenerative curve? And this is, you know, a 70-year-old patient that now the spine is degenerated and resulted in a scoliosis? Or is this a 15-year-old that was diagnosed as a child? Again, in both of those scenarios, though, chiropractic care will help. Again, some of those joints are going to be put under extra stress because of that curve. We need to make sure that they're moving the best that they can or they're going to become painful over time. We need to get the, the muscles kind of loosened up and make sure you're trying to do those exercises. That self-correcting uh, exercise is a really good one for those scoliosis patients out there. But absolutely. Um, and again, uh, hopefully they haven't had to have any of those big invasive surgeries yet. Um, last week, I was really excited to announce the news that I brought the latest technology in those class four lasers to the Neal Clinic. And we have had so much success treating all kinds of conditions with these lasers. You know, I'd kind of been anxiously awaiting the release of that new model because it really was a big upgrade to our lasers that were already helping so many people. I've actually had patients that have been treated with this new laser and they'd tried other laser therapies before and they were kind of skeptical about, you know, me. I was really excited telling them about it. And they said, you know, I've tried these before. I didn't really have any success. And I said, give this one a shot. Let me know what you think. Uh, and these guys after being treated with this uh, new Horizon laser, have actually called the clinic that night after their treatment, and they've left voicemails saying how much better they felt. They, they couldn't believe it. I mean, these things are awesome pieces of technology. So I wanted to kind of finish up the this discussion from last week. Um, I was going over how light is part of that electromagnetic spectrum that kind of encompasses a couple different things, right? On one end, science, scientists discovered this wavelength that allows, uh, you know, some of these particles to go through our bodies, right? Those are called x-rays. That's how we get that. It's just an electromagnetic energy. We aim it, point it at your body, the part that we want to see, and it goes on to a, a film, or now it's a digital reader. Uh, and that's one part of the spectrum. On the other end are these long wavelengths of energy called radio waves that allow us to transmit information over long distances. That's probably how most of you are listening to me right now through those radio waves. Unless of course, you know, you're listening on the computer or cell phone. That's, that's a completely different thing. But anyway, what I'm getting at here is that scientists and people much, much smarter than me have been manipulating this electromagnetic spectrum for different purposes for a long time. And they use it for a different variety of applications. So when those guys began to look at how laser light could affect our bodies, they discovered this uh, phenomenon called this photobiomodulation effect. Big mouthful, I like to call it PBM, photo for the P, bio for the B, 
Modulation is the M. The PBM is much easier to say than photobiomodulation. But what exactly is this? That's this photochemical effect that the laser or the, the electromagnetic energy emitted from the laser has on these cellular structures within our cells that are receptive to something called photons, which is just a form of energy. So what was so exciting about these new lasers, like the one that I just brought into our clinic, is that the manufacturing process for these things is so effective now that they're able to isolate really, really specific wavelengths of energy to emit one at a time, as well as kind of combining them them together to deliver the most efficient dose at each wavelength based on what they're trying to have uh, accomplished. Again, they, they study these things and after they were able to isolate these at such a specific level, they said, hey, let's test this spectra, let's test this one and see what all happens to our bodies. Um, again, just like x-rays are a different level of energy to accomplish a different goal than those radio waves. The scientists studied what the different wavelengths of laser light are and how they affect our bodies. The new model utilizes four separate wavelengths. Uh, the first one is this 810 nanometers. And what it does is it's able to penetrate the deepest out of all the four wavelengths. And it targets part of your cell called the mitochondria. This is a, a they call it an organelle, but it's a part of your cell that produces a substance called ATP adenosine triphosphate again i love these little short acronyms for these words because they get really big and cumbersome to say but what atp is is it's what our cells use for energy and this wavelength this 810 nanometer wavelength of light stimulates an increased production of this so that encourages the body to repair faster because now your cells have more available energy but that's just part of the puzzle because having more gas available only means you're you have more energy, right? It doesn't mean you're going to do anything with it. Uh, but you now have the capacity to heal faster. What the, what the mitochondria requires is oxygen in order to accomplish this. So we're telling the mitochondria, hey, you got to make more ATP. We're, we're stimulating that, which is ATP synthesis. So while we're also increasing that production, the body's also directing more blood flow to that local region which means you're gonna have the nutrients that act as the building blocks to repair that injured tissue. That's how it kind of combines these things, right? Gotta have more ATP production, but in order to do that, we need blood flow to go there. The next wavelength is this 915 nanometers. And what it does is it increases the efficiency of oxygenation. Again, oxygen is delivered to our bodies through our bloodstream, uh, a red blood cell, hemoglobin, goes to the lungs, it picks up molecular oxygen, transports it around the body until it kind of gets the signal for that oxygen to detach wherever it's needed. At that point, the red blood cell continues, or arteries, veins, back to the lungs where it picks up more oxygen. The important thing about this is that those red blood cells carry oxygen everywhere, and we got to have to, we, our bodies kind of direct where we need that oxygen the most, right? If you're doing a really intense leg workout, you don't need a ton of oxygen in your biceps. Our bodies know, hey, get this, get this oxygen, get that blood flow to those legs. You're pumping on those, the bikes, you're cycling, you're doing the spin class. You need those leg muscles to be, have as much stamina as possible. So what this 915 nanometer wavelength does 
is it increases the rate at which oxygen dissociates from that hemoglobin cell, from that heme cell, which is a, a huge development. Because again, oxygen is a required substrate for mitochondria to create ATP. It's kind of one of those rate limiting steps. We can only create as much ATP as we have oxygen available to us. So if we cut off the oxygen supply or there's no oxygen available, we really can't increase that ATP synthesis. So the addition of this wavelength effectively increases the efficiency at which oxygen is available on a cellular level over the area that we apply it, which is, again, that's huge. It just makes, makes everything happen so much faster. Our bodies work in these systems, and if you only target one part of the system, most of the time you don't get the desired outcome. You've got to kind of work as the whole, whole piece. The third wavelength uh, this laser emits is kind of high on the spectrum. It's 980 nanometers. Its action is that it affects these thermal and mechanical receptors to increase circulation, and it actually decreases pain. Uh, the laser therapy reduces the firing of these pain fibers that transmit this, uh, it's a pain signal essentially to the brain. While this increase in local circulation, what it's designed to do is it's going to push out something called kinins, and those are basically irritants that result in that pain stimulus. So we're trying to increase that local blood flow to reduce these irritants, get those washed out, flushed out of the area, and we're trying to turn off those C fibers that are carrying the pain signal back to your brain. So we're going to get a little pain relief as well, which is awesome. The final wavelength that this laser utilizes is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum from that 980. This is at 650 nanometers, and it's directed towards superficial healing. And I wasn't really too excited about this initially. I said, you know, we're trying to work on these joints, these muscles that are kind of deep. What do I need? Anything that's going to help with a, a superficial wound, you know, something on the surface. But what it allows me to do uh, is to get those wounds like a post-surgical uh, wound or, or incision, it allows me to get those better faster, right? Because if you've had one of those knee replacements or surgeries, you know, one of the most painful spots is like right along there where they had to cut your leg open to get to that knee surgery. So if we can get that to heal faster, you're able to start your rehab a little better. You're not quite as anxious about, you know, not as much anxiety about moving the knee because you're worried about tearing those stitches. If we can get some superficial healing, faster, I can get you back to moving faster. And the, the faster we get your body moving, the faster we get those joints healing, the better outcome you're going to have. The next step that these engineers took when designing these lasers is kind of similar to an older technology called ultrasound. Uh, Jenna, you're, I'm sure you've heard of ultrasound, right? Yeah, a couple times, three yeah. times. In fact. <laughs> yeah, so most people, <laughs> and, and I assume what Jenna's talking about when you were watching the, the baby develop, right? Mm-hmm. There's actually another use for that ultrasound therapy, um, therapeutic ultrasound. Have you ever heard of that? Actually, I have. I have heard of it. Same, same technology as when they're looking in your belly to see the, uh, the babies, but they use the sound waves to decrease inflammation is essentially what they're doing. Oh, very cool. And what they did is they found that the different frequency of the waves delivered have different effects. Well, when they were developing these lasers, the same principle was incorporated, right? What they do is they flash this laser light uh, a certain amount of times per second. They call that a hertz. That's the scientific measurement for it. 
and they can go anywhere from one hertz per second all the way up to 20,000 flashes per second, which is incredible that they can even measure that. But the different uh, frequencies of this laser that we apply has different effects, just like the ultrasound would. So low frequencies works best for pain modulation. So I can typically use those at the, the initial stage of recovery in order to decrease pain levels so I can get these patients moving again. Then we increase the frequency to address the inflammation. Uh, on those superficial wounds, we have to get it really, really high. Something over 10,000 flashes per second is going to make sure that it helps with things like infections. Uh, again, it's going to help that superficial wound healing. These guys are so smart, these uh, scientists and engineers that develop these things, and these are awesome tools, which is why I was so excited to incorporate it into our therapies. I appreciate you guys that have texted in all the questions this morning, but Jenna's telling me I'm out of time. We'll finish up any of the other questions I didn't get to this morning. I'll get to those next week, but I appreciate all of you guys that have participated in the show. My name is Dr. Ben McMillan. My practice is called the Neal Clinic. We're located on Creighton Road, right across the street from Walmart. Our phone number is 850-479-SPINE. One number too many, but you knew that. Stop when you get to that fourth digit. Everybody have a great weekend.